This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, May the 10th, 2022. Hope everybody's having a great start to their week. There's so many things that are trending right now in the world of pro wrestling, and Headlines is your one-stop shop to find out everything that's happening on social media and the various trending websites. So let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. E-Wrestling News has a story at this hour that is trending. Andrew Ravens is talking about CM Punk and his comments towards Eric Bischoff. Now, CM Punk recently came out with his belief that the casual wrestling fan doesn't exist anymore and that Eric Bischoff disagreed with this. Now, Bischoff brought this topic up on his 83 Weeks podcast recently, how Punk has never been in the TV business. He would go on to say, The casual fan is still out there. If you build it, honest to God, as corny as it sounds, if you build it, your audience will show up. They will. The lapsed fan is another term. It's heard of a lot when it comes to research that I did. I used to watch wrestling, but I don't watch that stuff anymore. Sometimes it's just life, your job, your kids, whatever it may be. If somebody's going to try to convince me that you can't find that audience again, they shouldn't be in the wrestling business. 
Now, all due respect to CM Punk, CM Punk never spent five minutes in the television business. He knows a lot about what's going on in the wrestling ring. He knows a lot about building a character more than I will ever understand in terms of executing it. But to make casual statements like that, I think the lapsed fan is gone. I don't think they're ever really going to come back. Well, that's just crazy. You're not in the television business then, are you, dude? It makes no sense to me. I don't believe it's true. Now, once again, so many people have chimed in on this, and CM Punk has this to say. Wrestling Twitter needs to stop amplifying all the old head, bad faith, bad carny dipshits. They had their moment in the sun, let them die in the dark with their ego podcasts. Quote me. So with that being said, where do you stand? Are you with Eric Bischoff when it comes to the casual wrestling fan is still out there? Or do you think with CM Punk's camp that, you know what, the time has come, you need to move on. Let's go ahead and let's talk about another article that's trending on e-wrestling news by Andrew Ravens. Adam Cole talks about the difference in the creative process between WWE, NXT, and AEW. Adam Cole has now had the chance to be a top star in WWE, NXT, and in the AEW brand. Cole recently appeared on Sirius XM Busted Open Radio. During the podcast, he talked about the differences during his time in NXT and working under AEW President Tony Khan. Cole would go on to say, I'd say, by far, the biggest difference in NXT had a very hands-on approach, which is wonderful, Cole explained. It's a great learning experience when you look at guys like Shawn Michaels and Triple H who have an exact vision of where they want you to go, how they wanted promos to sound, what they wanted us to do and say. Then as time went on, I got more freedom, I guess you can call it, whether it be with promos or in my matches, because they started to trust me. Now, with AEW, it was from the beginning. No one has ever handed me a script or told me how to do a promo. No one has ever told me directly what they want me to do in a match. You get the creative process. You get the freedom that you please, especially if you're someone who's trusted. Fortunately, with AEW from the beginning, I have been trusted. I'd say they definitely give you a lot more stuff to play with and using your own creative processes to go about the business that you want to create. Now, Cole will work on the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament first round match against FTR's Dax Harwood, which will be happening tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite. If you'd like to find out more about Adam Cole's thoughts on the process as far as creative goes, check out Andrew Raven's article, which is trending right now on eWrestling News. All right, more WWE news coming in this hour by Thomas Lawson. WWE may be preparing to debut a new world championship to a bid with the new rules for the money in the bank. Now, during a vignette that aired on WrestleMania Backlash, it was said that the winners of the two money in the bank ladder matches will earn their chance to headline WrestleMania. Now, this will mean that two people will be viable challengers at WrestleMania in addition to the men and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches. Next January, we will see the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches as well. Now, speaking on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer said that WWE's only solution would be to have two world championships, one for both male superstar, ladder match winner, and the Royal Rumble winner to compete for. Meltzer would go on to say, there's only one men's title. I guess that means maybe there will be a second men's title, 
by the time we're at WrestleMania, which doesn't surprise me. Everyone knew it was just a matter of time before they went back to two. Now, no names have been confirmed for either of the Money in the Bank ladder matches yet, but as we all know, speculation and rumor runs wild in wrestling, and once again, Cody Rhodes' name has been thrown into that mix. If you'd like to find out more about everything going on, check out Thomas Lawson's article, which is trending right now over at eWrestling News. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour. John Cena shares the best advice Vince McMahon has ever given him. John Cena was WWE's top star for years, and he helped carry the company in the late 2000s and into the early 2010s, with which comes a unique relationship with one Vince McMahon. In an appearance in The Envelope, the actor's podcast, Cena talked about working with Vince McMahon. Cena was quoted by saying, I hate giving advice because everyone's got to find their own path, Cena said. But if your young performers are concerned, I think a good place to start is trying to go ahead and work with a good company. You will get a chance. I was not WWE's first pick. I also wasn't their last pick. I was going to be fired, but they gave me a chance. And then they gave me one more. And then they gave me a little bit more of a freedom for a run. And then they gave me a Saturday show and I moved me to SmackDown. And then they eventually moved me to Raw. And then more opportunities came and more opportunities came. And right then I thought, man, this is the zenith of all opportunities. A whole other door then started opening, and the opportunities, they kept coming in. But you've got to start at zero. You've got to be brave enough to say, okay, good work. Now, we got to bet on ourselves. Because I tried this thing before and failed, I remember having a conversation, an honest conversation with my friend and confidant, someone I very much dear care about, Dan Bame. In 2009, it was. I looked him straight in the eye and said, Dan, you're never doing movies again, are we? He was my agent. He says, no, we're not. And he was a genius because we work hard, honestly. And then we went ahead and we worked even harder. But even in his mind, it was that we're not in it anymore. But I always thought we had a way. We didn't worry about it. We'll find the love and we'll go after that love. You have to have a very strong love for things that you do. And that's what I did for over a decade. Now, as his comments about Vince McMahon, another quote Cena would say, but I think to young performers, just to do your best can and just don't worry about it. Vince McMahon gave me the best advice I'd ever been given. Give your all to what you do. Promote to the absolute utmost. Don't leave anything on the table and then simply move forward. If you give it your all, you'll find a taker. You'll find what you can do better next time. If you'd like to find out more about what John Cena had to say, not only what his original uh, management told him, but what Vince McMahon said, check out Andrew Raven's article, which is trending right now on eWrestling News. Andrew Ravens is also writing at this hour, Booker T believes Cody should dethrone Roman Reigns as the undisputed WWE champion. WWE Hall of Famer Booker T discussed Cody Rhodes' return to WWE during this week's edition of the Hall of Fame podcast. Booker T thinks Cody should be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Booker T would go on to say, I'm a Cody fan, man. I got the chance to talk to Cody this weekend in the TV locker room because that's where all the boys dress. It's old school. Cody came in and as usually, he get, he gave me a call, called me Booker T. He always used to call me T-Book. Cody calls me T-Book as well. We were talking about some things and he said one thing that made me think about him. And he goes, you know, 
while we're driving up and down the roads and when you've got those key things in your mind. The thing is that when I'm telling him, we're always trying to find other ways to push each other. Now, not to hear all the things I have to say, I hopefully stuck in his mind, it made him feel pretty good. You know, all the work that I did. I got my work done when I was young and when I was also working with Cody. He's a different kind of worker. He's now matured now that he's back. He's more polished. He's more seasoned. He's not going out there just running around doing different things just because he can do it. Now he's trying to motivate the fans to feel a certain way about the Cody Rhodes character and he's going to try to achieve at that. Booker T thinks Cody Rhodes above Drew McIntyre right now should be the one to go ahead and lead the WWE. Booker T would go on to say, I've got to go with Cody Rhodes over Drew McIntyre. Like I said on the kickoff show, being part of that six man with RK bro, keeping himself real close to the body, making sure he stays close to the championship. It's good for Drew McIntyre. Letting everyone know, man, I'm not that far away from this picture. But the guy that's got the hot hand, the guy that's got the rocket on him right now is Cody Rhodes. I, I'm going to see him run with that. That's what I say. He's going to run until he cools off. I don't think that's going to be for quite some time. If you'd like to read more about what Booker T had to say about Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre, cruise on over to E-Wrestling News, and this article is trending right now by Andrew Ravens. Let's keep the headlines rolling. Thunder Rosa is making news today. Thomas Lawson's writing in on this. Thunder Rosa says Indie Events should offer women separate locker rooms. Now, AEW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa has said that women's wrestling on the independent level should be offered separate locker rooms just so they can feel safe. Rosa is no stranger to the indies, having worked with several promotions over the years and continues to work on the occasional indie date despite being signed by AEW. Now, speaking to Under the Ring podcast, Thunder Rosa said how women can feel intimidated by sharing a lock locker room with male wrestlers. Rosa would say, this last Saturday, we had the only female-run show at WrestleCon that ran an all-female show. We were super organized. It felt so good, she said. And one of the veterans that came in and visited was like, I really like this locker room because it's relaxed. Everybody is there. Everybody doesn't have any issues. None arose. It wasn't brushed under the rug. You guys really can take care of this. She would go on to say, when I go to a locker room, there's not a place for us to change, especially on the independent scene. I'll be like, I need a room for like five or six girls. They need to be changed where they need to go. They need a place to take their clothes off and they don't feel uncomfortable. I feel like everyone's simply watching. They don't need to be putting a towel over on us. We have the right to have our own locker rooms. It's 2022. Now, Rosa captured the AEW Women's World Championship from Dr. Britt Baker on March the 16th edition of AEW Dynamite. If you'd like to listen to more of what Thunder Rosa said, go ahead and check out the article trending right now on eWrestling News by Thomas Lawson. Brody King is making news as another AEW star has some things to say. Brandon Ewing is writing in at this hour during a recent interview with Inside the Ropes. AEW star and House of Black member Brody King went into detail regarding the current storyline with Julia Hart. Now, Brody King on fan criticism of the House of Black and the Varsity Blondes feud. He said, and I quote, I feel like the fans want instant gratification all the time and they get frustrated when they have to wait for it. But once it all pans out and you finally see the finished product and you see why things happen, they're going to go, 
Oh, and they're going to see all these callbacks to all these little Easter eggs that we did along the way. Now, on Brody on building up to a major moment, he says, If we saw Avengers Endgame before you saw the 20 movies before that, and Thanos just got defeated, it's like, oh, okay. Then you're more invested, and you get to the point where you want to have to wait, and you have to wait to see what's happening next. You're going to die for it. Then it finally happens, and you're like, yes, that is why I waited for this. Many, many fans want instant gratification. However, when you're telling a long-term storyline, sometimes you just have to wait. If you'd like to read more of what Brody King says and his analogies to the Marvel Universe, go ahead and check out the article right now on eWrestling News that is trending with Brandon Ewing. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit more WWE. Brandon Ewing is also writing in this hour, WWE files a trademark for Rip Fowler ring name. According to Fightful, WWE has filed a trademark for the term Rip Fowler. Now the trademark is as follows. Entertainment services, namely wrestling, exhibitions performed by professional wrestlers, and entertainment rendered live and through broadcast media. Many people are speculating on what this may be. Maybe this another superstar. Only time will tell, but Brandon Ewing is writing in at this hour about the new trademark by WWE. Brandon Ewing is also writing about this. Fight TV to present the Wrestling Showcase, as this is becoming a trending thing on social media today. Fight TV will be presenting the Wrestling Showcase on Saturday, September 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois. Now, the lineup will feature Matt Cardona, Steve Macklin, Killer Cross, Jacob Fatu, Diana Peraza, and Ty Valkyrie. It will stream live on Fight TV. If you'd like more information on this, you can definitely go ahead and check out Fight TV as they will continue to have all of the latest regarding it. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little Lacey Evans. Brandon Ewing is writing in at this hour. WWE superstar Lacey Evans has reportedly been moved to the Raw brand, and it was made evident by her latest vignette that aired on Raw last night. Now, the plan is a bit of an odd twist. It's calling for Evans to turn heel when she does return to the ring. This is despite all of the vignettes that have been built up as Evans to be more of a sympathetic babyface character. Now, if you're wondering to find out why exactly she's moving to the Raw brand and what might have led to this, check out Brandon Ewing's article that is trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Let's talk a little Chris Jericho. Brandon Ewing is writing at this hour, Chris Jericho files for yet another trademark. The Wizard, Brian Clark files trademark and so much more. According to PW Insider, Chris Jericho has filed for a trademark for his new gimmick, The Wizard. Now, once again, the trademark is for entertainment purposes, specifically in the nature of wrestling, entertainment services, and exhibitions and performances. If you'd like to find out more about what Jericho is doing, you can also listen to the Jericho podcast, which is available on all major podcast platforms. Brandon Ewing's writing in this hour about referee Mike Chioda. Now, Mike Chioda on how relentless Vince McMahon was on his workout sessions. During the latest edition of his Monday mailbag for ad-free shows, podcast former WWE referee Mike Chioda spoke about how relentless Vince McMahon can be during his workout sessions, among other topics they discussed. Chioda specifically talked about not getting much sleep during WWE European tours. He would say, and I quote, Not much sleep, man. It depends. 
When you're on European tours, you hardly get sleep. You just stay up partying. And when you get to one or two in the morning and you're at the hotel and then it's three o'clock in the morning, you don't have much downtime. Sometimes you have a little bit of time, but maybe only five or six hours or so. You don't have much time to do any other late night excursions in the city or stay up. You won't get much downtime because you're so tired. Then you have to go to TV. People get up one, two, three in the morning, and then they have to be back at eight o'clock, maybe nine in the clock the next morning and do it all over again. If you'd like to read more about what Mike Cuda says, definitely check out this article. Now, Cuda also goes on to say how Vince McMahon would go to work out right after getting off the plane. He says, and I quote, when Vince used to get in, he'd get on his charter, he'd get into the next town, every would be driving for hours. He would get in 30 minutes and he would get a one or two in the morning and then he would do a gym routine. His trainers would be sitting there waiting for him in the hotel to get there around three and four in the morning. He never gives up. Kyoto talked about Vince McMahon telling him to cut down a cameraman's hammock while he was sleeping. Vince used to hate to see people sleep, Kyoto said. This one camera guy, I love him. He was a great guy, I remember. He said, hey, cut him down. I remember I climbed all the way up this thing because he had a hammock or something and I cut it straight down all the way to the steel. He had a concussion. I felt so bad. It backfired so much. We stopped in Ramstein, Germany because we always did. And I remember he had to go to the hospital there. Then he was sent back home. I remember apologizing to him and calling him all the time. I couldn't say Vince told me to cut your hammock down, but I didn't do it. But sometimes ribbing backfires. If you'd like to read more about what Mike Huda had to say, cruise on over to the article trending right now by Brandon Ewing at E-Wrestling News. Malachi Black is also trending at this hour. Brandon Ewing is a busy journalist. He's writing, During a recent appearance on the Universal Wrestling Podcast, AEW star Malachi Black commented on how his current run he had in NXT could have gone as a babyface had he stayed with WWE. Now, he also discussed the differences between how he debuted for the brand in 2016 and what Triple H wanted and how he could have liked his character to be more similar to his current tenure with the House of Black and AEW. Now, on how he was taken off of TV after the WWE draft, Malachi would say, The Dark Father vignettes were great but it's always such a questionable thing to do and why they do it. Why do they ever do things? The thing is, I say questionable now. I obviously know everything that went on and why. Things just went the way they did. But it kind of feels like sometimes there's an increasing waste of time with me, especially with Dunn, because we were invested in that for over eight months. We spoke a lot and there was a lot of money and a lot of time spent in it. I had to be calmed down because I was sitting at home for eight months. And for a guy who loves to work, I love to be involved. I'm involved in every single process. I just eat, sleep, and breathe it. Now, on Triple H wanting him to be a babyface when he came to NXT, Malachi had this to say. Funny enough, I always considered this installment of who I am to be a mesh of the years on my independence and the years in NXT and WWE predominantly, and the kind of blending all of them together right now. That's what Malachi Black basically has become. Sometimes even funnier though. It was actually, this is the character I wanted to be. I was actually supposed to debut in NXT, but then Hunter wanted me to be a good guy. 
Now, on his character on the indie scenes, this is the same character that I've picked up on from the independents because you go back 10 or 12 years, you look at the death squad in the tag team stuff I used to do. It symbolizes what we are, the promos that we use, the vignettes, everything that we did, things we did for progress in ICW. It all stems from that. Then obviously everything I learned in NXT and then from the main roster, talking to people like Shawn Michaels, Terry Taylor, Triple H, and Robbie Brookside, Norman Smiley, and even Vince himself. That is how I became who I am today. And listening to him talk with Pat Patterson and telling me all the sides and how to verbalize things with me, I had a lot of good sounding boards. If you'd like to find out what he had to say about Buddy Murphy, go ahead and check out the article by Brandon Ewing, which is trending right now over at eWrestling News. All right, let's talk a little bit about Eric Bischoff again. We talked about Eric in the earlier portion of our show, but Eric Bischoff talks about Lucha Underground. Would they be successful today? Now, during the latest edition of the 83 Weeks podcast, Eric Bischoff commented on Lucha Underground and whether or not they'd be successful today. Eric on if Lucha Libre would be successful. I love the experiment. I love the way the backstage segments involved a story being told but I think it was a little too much. It was too radically different from what wrestling is on television, and it's different, what the audience had expected to experience. I do think that some of that would work today with some modifications, you see. Wrestling, if you're not AEW or WWE on a high-profile upper-tier caliber, it's more of niche wrestling. Wrestling is still, as always, a niche product. It's a big niche product, but it's a certain niche. Lucha would have to be a niche of its own. It could work on certain platforms, sure. It could be viable and it could be financially successful, but a very, very, very small scale. It wouldn't be something that you could possibly ever compete with AEW or WWE. That just would never happen, but they still could be financially viable. If you'd like to go ahead and read more about what he had to say, go ahead and check out the article trending right now by Brandon Ewing over at eWrestling News. All right, let's jump over to our good friends over at Wrestling Inc. Mark Middleton is writing in at this hour, AEW star to appear in a Netflix series soon. AEW star and best friend is set to appear in a new Netflix now, Orange Cassidy took to Twitter this week and announced that he's appearing on season two of Obstacle Course show uh, on Lava, according to Chris Statlander and Chuck Taylor. Now, me, Chuck, and Stat are on this next season of Floor is Lava, and he posed a trailer as well. If you are interested in finding out, you can follow Orange Cassidy at Orange Cassidy on Twitter. Yet there's no word yet on when Trent Beretta, if he did film an episode with Cassidy, Taylor, and Statlander, but filming could be done or still be in the process of happening, especially because of injuries. Now, season two of Floor is Lava will premiere on Friday, June the 3rd via Netflix. Stay tuned for more about this series and follow Orange Cassidy as he will be filling you in and keeping you posted on everything that is Floor is Lava. All right, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Antonio Inoki's health. Matthew Carlins is writing in on this hour from Wrestling Inc. Antonio Inoki, a legendary figure in Japanese pro wrestling, has shared an update on his health via the Tokyo Sports. Now, as you can see, there's no way to fake it. 
I almost died about four times to the surprise of even the doctors, and I'm still alive like this, Anoki said. The interviewer noted that Anokio was looking well, to which Anokio voiced his own optimism about the current state of his health. He would go on to say, You can't transmit energy unless you are really healthy, so I take care of myself every day, Anoki said. Hospitalization? I've been in and out of the hospital for about three years now. Anoki spent much of last year in the hospital as he was treated for deterioration of his lower back as well as diabetes and a buildup of abdominal proteins in his heart, kidneys, liver, and other organs. Anoki reportedly underwent emergency surgery last June for a condition of twisting of his intestines. Now, Anoki was asked about the seriousness of his recent health issues uh, and who he suffered where he suffered some of these injuries, and if any of these injuries could have been avoidable. Anoki mentioned that he did not feel that any of these things were necessarily done because of, of the wrestling industry, but he does understand that sometimes things just happen. If you'd like to read more about what Antonio Anoki had to say about what is happening with his current state of health, go ahead and check out Matthew Carlin's article that is trending right now on Wrestling Inc., all right, new news about the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Mississippi seeks to recover millions from DiBiase in welfare fraud case. Matthew Carlins is writing in at this hour, WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase and his sons are among 38 parties being sued by the Mississippi State Department of Human Services, and it seeks to recover millions of dollars lost in the largest case of welfare fraud in that state's history. Now, the misspent temporary assets of needy families funds were detailed in a forensic audit. It says that MDHS and two nonprofits, the Mississippi Community Education Center and the Family Resource Center, wrongly paid $5,759,000 to members of DiBiase's family for the benefit of the DiBiase's other family members or to entities owned or used by the DiBiase family. Now, the audit covers the period between January 1st, 2016 to December 31st, 2019. John Davis was the executive director of MDHS at the time. The audit found a very close relationship between Davis and the DiBiase family. Now, it alleges that Davis displayed favoritism to certain individuals and companies and exerted unfavorable influences in regarding to payments involving members of the DiBiase family. Davis has been indicted on 20 counts in this case. Now, the DiBiase name appears more than 250 times in the audit. Now, the TNF funds were paid individually to Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr., and Brett DiBiase. Funds related to the DiBiase family were also paid to the Hart David Ministries, Priceless Ventures LLC, Familia, Orientanum Restore LLC, and Rise Malibu Training. Ted DiBiase Sr. formed Heart of David Ministries in 1997, according to the audit. Heart of David received $1.5 million in grants from MDHS, despite the fact that the Heart of David's revenue prior to receiving the funds was less than $200,000. If you'd like to go ahead and read more of what the million-dollar man Teddy Biasi is currently facing in the state of Mississippi, Matthew Carlins has that article trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Guys, that's going to do it for all the top headlines that are trending right now in the world of professional wrestling. Don't forget... We always have this trending for you each and every day. That's going to do it. We will catch you on the next edition of Headlines.
the world of NLP.